we now come to a time where we'll uh, read the word. Tonight's passage comes from Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through to 5. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Thanks so much for that, Ryan. <clears throat> well, we did have big plans uh, to do a few things a little bit differently tonight. And uh, unfortunately, for one reason or another, that didn't work out the way that we hoped. So unfortunately, you've got to put up with me again. But um, I, I've managed to ask this wonderful lady to just give a short um, testimony about an impact that her mum uh, had in her life. And uh, then we're going to hear from Josh Tan, Pastor Josh Tan, who was good enough to do a recording for me. And we're going to learn that together. I have no idea what he said, so I hope it's appropriate to the topic. Uh, but we'll just see how we go. So this is my good wife. Elena, for those of you who don't know me, know me or know her or whatever, so, uh, and she doesn't talk in front of people, so this is a huge step for her. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, so Charlie asked me how my mum impacted my Christian life, and I think um, for those who weren't here, Charlotte's message you missed out, um, because this morning she talked about um, people seeing God through your actions, and um, she spoke about Ruth and how um, she saw God um, through Naomi, Naomi in such a way that it caused her to want to go with her, you know, wherever you go, I'll go, and to a country that she didn't even know. Um, and so this is how my mum showed me that Jesus is real and that he is truth, and he is worth making an embarrassment of yourself for. He is worth it all. Um, let me give you some background on my mum. Um, so my father was living in New Zealand and he wanted a Chinese wife. So he went to Hong Kong and brought her back to New Zealand. So my mum didn't speak a word of English um, and she was Buddhist. And even now she didn't um, speak English very well. Um, she doesn't speak English very well. Um, she's very shy and she shows little emotion. You know, candlestick hugs, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and she would never dream of speaking um, in front of a public audience, audience and she's very private. Um, so when my mum came to know Christ, um, the biggest impact um, my mum had on me was when I was young and I watched as my mother got baptised in front of a church full of people and um, my mother also never swims and I've never seen her in a bathing suit and she doesn't like to get wet. So to see her get up in front of a church and go through the waters of baptism um, in front of it um, publicly to declare that Jesus is her Lord and Saviour is huge. Um, and for me, as I looked on, it spoke to me so um, powerfully that there's something um, very profound that is happening 
to her to cause her to overcome her shyness, um, public speaking, res um, and any reservations with that, and to make a stand to declare to all the world that there is truth in what she has done. There is truth in Jesus, um, and that's what caused me to want to know Jesus. Thanks, Thanks Alina. Great. I've been up here over 40 times. My wife gets up here the first time and gets a round of applause. Just, no, no, that's fine, that's fine. Let's just watch the video. Well, happy Mother's Day and thank you uh, for the mums here today. Uh, you really are an example of Jesus and you point your families to the grace of God day by day. Thanks for all you do. Uh, you really are a gift from God to all of us. Uh, today I've been asked to share about my mum and her influence in my life, uh, both as a human being, an adult, uh, but also as a follower of Jesus. And by the way, she'd probably kill me if I was doing this, so please don't tell her. Uh, today I want to share three things uh, that stick out to me about my mum's influence in my life. And the first thing is that my mum influenced me greatly by her trust in the Lord. Uh, as you know, uh, many parents have their little sayings that they repeat again and again to their kids. And my mum's saying was this, you need to pray, you need to give it all to the Heavenly Father, trust it all to Him. And this was really my mum's witness in my life. Uh, we all moved as a family from Malaysia to New Zealand uh, to Australia in my lifetime and it wasn't all smooth travelings. Uh, we were Asians in two foreign lands. Uh, we did it tough financially and work-wise at times. Uh, there were ups and downs, there were health issues along the way and through all the bumpy rides in life uh, my mum's first instinct always has been to seek God, to give it all to Him, uh, put it in His hands and to trust God's sovereign control over all things. And this is what my mum modelled to me, reminding me who God is, how big He is as the Creator and Lord, how small I am in comparison, and how much I really do rely on God for every single thing. And I'm so thankful to God for her influence in my life in this way. Well, the second thing, uh, mum influenced me greatly by her care for other people. My mum really modelled to me what it means to be a servant of Jesus, to care for others, to put others first and to drop it all uh, for those around me. And this is something I obviously took for granted as I grew up at home. Um, but I remember distinctly one day after moving out, uh, I came back to visit my parents. It was probably just before dinner time. And I remember my mum was in a different room. She was doing something else, but she dropped everything she was doing when I came in. She went to the kitchen. She whipped up some fried noodles for me to make sure I was well fed. But besides the food, uh, besides the full belly I had, which is not the point of the story, it just struck me how my mum, uh, and I think every mum would uh, put their kids first uh, and drop everything for their kids. Uh, also when I began to know uh, my relatives, uh, my mum's family better, uh, my uncles and my aunts, uh, they once mentioned to me how 
caring my mum was, uh, how she was the peacemaker in the family, the mediator, the one who always cared for them and put them first instead of pushing them around, which is the usual sibling thing. And all of this really highlighted to me uh, Jesus' command to love your neighbour as yourself, to love others, to put others first, to lay your life down for your friends, modelling the humility of Jesus to uh, those around you. And the last thing that I want to mention today, uh, my mum influenced me greatly by her constant witness to Jesus. Uh, I remember in school, uh, primary school and a bit of high school when uh, I was coming here uh, for Sunday school and for youth, mum wasn't the pushy type, uh, but she would somehow invite my friends at school to come to church, to come to youth, to come to Sunday school, kids club. And some of them came, uh, she would give them Bibles. Some of them even became Christians through it. Uh, and my mum, she was more than happy to share with my friends and their parents about God and his love for them in Christ. Uh, some of you know my mum helped out in Sunday school and in RI and Kids Club and she's done this sort of thing for my whole living memory of her. Uh, teaching people about who God is and how God loves them and wants them to know Jesus personally. Uh, she always speaks fondly of those that she taught at Sunday school. Uh, some of you even here today, uh, how you've grown, how you're still loving God and pointing people to Jesus today. And that really brings a smile to my mum's face. Even a couple days ago, I was fixing uh, my dad's phone and messages were coming through on this WhatsApp group chat that my parents and a couple other guys from the morning service are in. And there I saw in the messages, there my mum was amidst all the random emoticons and graphics uh, that the older generation love. And my mum was there encouraging people in Christ. She was sending through devotions she had read and found helpful. She was there witnessing to Jesus. And that's really my mum's testimony to me, to me, witnessing to Jesus. She did this through her whole life. Always remind me of the importance of pointing people to Jesus. She does that even today as I pastor Hertford Street. She tells me, you gotta point people to Jesus. You gotta tell them about God's love. Uh, my mum always wanted to see people grow in God. And she always got beside people uh, to play her role in growing disciples. So I really appreciate my mum's influence in my life. And I hope this testimony really helps all of us to thank God for the mums and all the motherly figures in all of our lives. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Now, Josh would have been here to speak that personally, but he's got some commitments with a couple of mothers tonight, so we'll forgive him and uh, allow him to have that grace. But today's Mother's Day, and this is a day when we celebrate all that that means uh, and celebrate mums and things like that. But for some, it's not a happy day. It's not a day that they can find a lot to celebrate. It's a day where they struggle. For some of those people, this could be the first time that they're celebrating Mother's Day without their mum around. Their mum might have passed away in this last 12 months, and certainly I spoke to a couple of those people this morning. 
there's some people whose mums are gravely ill right at the moment and they're concerned that this will be the last Mother's Day and so a lot of people don't have that joy right now at this time. There's some people who don't even know who their real biological mum is and so there's a lot of questions related to Mother's Day. And uh, Josh said something here which I suppose twigged with me because of my life where he said, you know, mums are those people who drop everything for their kids. Well, some of us have those mums who couldn't care less about their kids. And some of these people desperately want their mums to be more than what their mums are. Some of these people desperately want to be mums themselves and they're not. And they know that that's not likely to eventuate in this lifetime. So today, in the midst of the celebration of all the great things about mums, there's some people who are suffering. There's some people who find it very, very difficult. And I don't want to be insensitive to those people, but I still believe we need to celebrate Mother's Day. Amen? Amen. I'm one of those people who suffers. I'm one of those people who struggles to um, find a way of being thankful and appreciative for my mum. Praise God, I've got an incredible wife who's a fantastic mum to my kids. And so there's this generational thing happening where I can celebrate Mother's Day because I can see the impact that um, she is having upon our kids and the influence that she's having upon them. She's very much becoming like her mum uh, in the influence that uh, she's having upon our kids. But for my life... If I had any problems in life that you would normally go to as a very young child to your mother, I wouldn't go to my mother because she didn't care. I went to my sister, my older sister. And so when problems came up for me that I needed to discuss, I actually went to my sister. When I was actually hurt, I went to my sister. When I needed to ask some questions or just debrief or things like that about stuff, I went to my sister. Mum was there, but... I just don't understand the attitude um, that was around our household at that time. When we did something well, because once upon a time I was a good student, but that was a long, long time ago. So all the academic awards and things like that that uh, I actually won, they were destroyed or given away or thrown away because we had no room for that stuff. It was never acknowledged, it was never congratulated, and certainly you were never praised for the hard work you did. And if you did do things like that, then the attitude was that you were just trying to be better than them and you thought yourself better than them. And so there was continual put down and uh, it wasn't a nice, happy place. But my sister became that mum that I didn't have. And I was very appreciative of all that she has done for me and even at my ordination, it was only my sister that came to my ordination and there was a few shed tears between her and I because she knew, knows that uh, she was hugely influential upon me in coming to faith and in fact if it hadn't been for my sister I possibly wouldn't have taken those first tentative steps towards Christ and uh, I certainly wouldn't be standing before you this evening uh, as a Christian and as a pastor. But I think in the midst of all of that, God was aware of my struggles and I think that's the message for each one of us this evening. In the midst of what is going on, God knows, God understands and he places some very significant people in your lives. And as I think about when my sister left, which was quite a devastating time for me, and, and, and I was like, well, what is going to happen here? Who can I actually be leaning and depending upon? And so 
God brought all these people into my life. And I don't even know if anyone knows any of these people. There's an amazing company. A couple called Jenny and Bob Redgen. Um, Jenny and Bob are actually the mother and father of one of the guys who's fairly high up in um, the Presbyterian College, a guy called Wes Redgen. And uh, they, they had a huge influence upon me, uh, just the way that they loved their kids, that they loved all kids, and they even loved me, uh, included me, as a part of um, their life. They, they were my youth leaders at one stage. Uh, Christine Gear, Robin and Alison Peterson. Uh, Christine has since passed, um, but Robin and Alison uh, were also so, um, youth leaders who, who spent a lot of time with me and encouraged me and strengthened me and uh, were there for me when I, I needed people. Another wonderful guy called Don Johnson, and no, not that guy on the TV, but uh, Don was a very down-to-earth, very... Aussie male type bloke, Christian builder, and he used to praise me for some of the stuff that I built, which was absolute rubbish, to be quite honest, but, but he wanted to see me encouraged and strengthened, and, and he saw the need to do that, so, so he did that for me. My Auntie Jean and Uncle Brian, uh, again, they, they could see what was happening, and every time I was with them, they always encouraged me and always spurred me on to do greater works and things like that, and so God surrounded me with these people. I had another family, um, the Toon family. They weren't a particularly wealthy family, but they made me part of their family. And uh, I was always welcome at their home, any time of the night or day. And uh, I appreciated all these people. And so we have these youth group leaders, these people who are a little bit older than us, who love on us, because God's just placed something upon their heart to pour into you. God's placed something upon their heart to say, this person needs you. This person needs you to be me. To them you need to step into the role that their parents aren't playing and I know that I'm not on my own uh, when I say that really the family of God is the only family that I've really experienced um, great guidance and, and the things that I need in order to follow Christ and, and when we come to the things of God we've got Paul that says this I thought that was a typo there. I thought it said great Rufus, but there you go. So great Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. So Rufus, for those of you who don't know, Simon of Cyrene that carried Christ's cross. This is Rufus, um, his son. And so we don't know the connection. There's quite a bizarre connection when you think about it, Paul and, and this woman. But this woman has become like a mother to him. And so he, he's emphasising that, um, you know, this, this lady has really stepped into a role there for him and been a mother to him. And he's appreciated that. And, and he's saying this so to encourage us to do the same things. This was so desperately needed in my life, and I'm assuming that Paul needed someone like that in his life as well. And so... Um, there's people sitting around you this evening who also need the love and influence of Christian men and women because they're not getting it at home. And we need people who are going to play those motherly roles in their lives because if we don't step up and we don't do it, we're going to lose these people. They're not going to have hearts that pursue Christ. And so the passage we looked at this evening, I don't expect you to read through that, says a few things here. We are living in a day and age where the Christian lives are not something that people aspire to. You know, I, I know I'm getting old, so don't keep telling me. But when I was your ages, church was almost something you did. You know, certainly Christians would be at church twice 
on a Sunday, the Christians would be. The non-Christians, they'd come along to one service, but the Christians would come to two. Because, you know, it was the social place to be. It was what you did. And so things were very, very different. But now a Christian life is not something that you aspire to. And in fact, people are speaking more and more against the faith that we believe in. Think about what you see on TV, what you see in cinemas, what you read in books, what magazines are promoting, um, what your friends are talking about at school. How much of it is encouraging and edifying towards the Christian life? Very little in my experience. Very little. And in fact, you're being bombarded in your schools, your universities and your communities about everything that is counter to the Christian faith. The influences that are coming upon us are incredibly evil and everything is designed to draw us away from God as much as possible. And it's even having an impact upon us in the church. We need to step up. We need people to, take it, to not take it for granted, sorry, that those in the generations below them are told how to live godly lives. And we've got to stop taking it for granted that these young people are going to know what it means to remain pure, how to follow and obey scripture. And in fact, more and more in our Christian churches, the true gospel is being watered down and destroyed. And we need to step up and we need to say that's not acceptable. This is what scripture says and this is what we're going to follow. Titus 2 tells us, teach what accords with sound doctrine. That's the call upon our lives. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be swayed by the pressures of this world. We should be willing to stand up for the truth regardless of the opposition that comes our way. And if like a mother we want to see our kids those that we're responsible for in this church community, growing in Christ and following the right path, there are going to be times when you have to rebuke or correct those people. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We seem to think that we should only be hearing positive stuff. We shouldn't hear anything negative. We should never be rebuked or corrected. But this is only one passage of many in Scripture which says that we should be corrected. And if you want the best for a child, you've got to correct them. I, I know, um, I think my kids are fantastic. Don't tell them that. I'll never let them know. But... People say to us, you know, your, your, your kids are so wonderful. And I, I, know, I know that's true because uh, it hasn't happened so much here. But when we used to need someone to watch our kids, I'd just put up a Facebook post and tell people to contact me privately. We'd get about a dozen people who would volunteer to look after our kids. So that to me is a pretty good indication that they don't mind doing it. And people say, you know, it's so wonderful that you have kids that are like that. You are so abundantly blessed. They weren't born that way. Trust me. And they push boundaries. We've got a teenager in our house now. I won't tell you which one it is because I don't want to embarrass them. But we've got this teenager in our house and I am dreading what's coming. So far, so good, but who knows what's coming? And the thing is, you have to continue to set those boundaries and you have to enforce those boundaries. You can give them areas to operate in, but when they step outside of that, you cut their leg off. Uh, um, you, you take action to, to ensure that they don't do that again. And it's got to be the same in our church environment. 
You know, we know the parameters that you, which you should operate in as Christian men and women. And, and that's how we should train up our young ones too. And it's not so that, you know, when they do something wrong, you say, oh, that's okay, we all sin. You know what? It's not okay. Let's get on our knees now, you and I, and let's repent before God. Let's ask for his forgiveness because this is wrong. And for some reason, we, we, we think we can't do that. Uh, I think things need to change just a little. So back to our Christian women. Our Christian women are to be women who teach other women how to be Christian women. And it's the same for the men. It's just as very appropriate on Mother's Day and certainly this section um, in Titus that we've had, if you want to read on, it actually speaks to the men as well about how we should be growing up men. We have to be the responsible adults who step up to make sure that the people are seeing how we live as Christians. It's one of the reasons we, Elena and I, are quite open to people being in our house. Uh, we're moving this week. Who's moved? You know, like, so when you're that last week in, the house is spotlessly tidy, isn't it? Yeah, we've got boxes in every room. We've got stuff laying everywhere. But we're still running Life Group this Tuesday because part of our life is actually living in this mess while we're about to move. And so we're happy to do life with people. And sometimes people come in and we say, look, things have gone pear-shaped for us, but this is living. This is what it's like to be a Christian in the middle of this mess. And, yeah, come in, sit down, have a meal. We're just having whatever, something that's, you know, maybe a Chinese meal like soupy noodles. How many Chinese people do the soupy noodles thing? None. Yeah, that's just our thing. Okay. But it's a very basic meal, trust me. But it's one of those things we just throw together when we need to have a meal very, very quickly. But we get people to do life with us and, and, and they, they, they walk with us. And Elena and I are incredibly privileged. You know, um, some of the people that, that we've discipled and mentored and have into our house, they're, they're sons and daughters to us now. There, there's no question about it. And, and it, it's so cool for me because... Um, uh, I, I, I don't have a son, obviously, and um, for some reason God has decided I'm never going to have a son, but I keep praying that's going to change and my wife will be surprised one day, but we'll see what happens. Pray for me. But it's so cool for me that these, these young men that have been um, mentored and discipled by me, one of them, this is the first one that ever did this, he contacted me from Gladstone. We were living on the Sunshine Coast, and he said, Pop, I've got to come down and see you. And I was like okay, this, this sounds pretty serious. He goes, yeah. He said, I, I need to come down and see you as soon as possible. I said, right, man, just get down here. He incidentally had a key to our house as well, so he could come in any time he wanted. And anyway, so he came down, and he was, he was like in bad shape. I've never seen him so nervous or anything like that. And then he asked me permission to marry this girl. And I'm like, really? You're asking me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Pop. I, I, gotta. I said, have you spoken to your mum and dad? Yes, not yet. I was like, seriously, man? I said, have you spoken to her, mum and daddy? No, I've got to clear it with you first. I was like, okay, okay. This has happened to us now four times. Can you imagine how that makes me feel? You know, and, and like, you, you, don't, you don't help people for reward or gain or anything like that. But when your influence upon their life is such that they come to you and ask you if they can take this girl's hand in marriage, I mean, I've got to be honest, so... Yeah, it's a good moment. And that's the way we should be. We should just love upon these people. We should do life together. 
We should allow God to be present in those moments and we should allow his instruction to come through this, his guidance, his love, his care and compassion for those who don't have that Christian influence on home. Mind you, that, that guy, great Christian parents, and the girl he married, great Christian parents. It was an awesome thing, but that's not always the case. So doing life together, being a mother to someone else or a father to someone else, is about sharing our experiences, our struggles, our difficulties, our hopes, so that as we move through those things, they can see that our faith and trust was continually on God, even in the midst of very, very difficult times. They can see that we honour and trust God, even in the most difficult of circumstances, in our struggles and our pitfalls, anything that comes our way. And they are spurred on to greater work as a result. When we look at God's plan, it's all about family. That's what Scripture's all about. It's about people coming together. And as I have experienced in my life, it's not always about biological family. It's often about those who really love and care for you. It's about those who put themselves out to include you. It's about those who give you that positive Christian example and influence so that you have something to follow. You've got something to pursue. So the question is, are you willing to be a mother to those who so desperately need it? Because I've no doubt there's people here tonight who need it. I've no doubt there's people who need us to step up. There are people who can be a comfort and support to those who lose their partners. Our retirees can help those who are adjusting to life with grandkids. Our middle-aged people have a wealth of info to offer to those who are seeing their kids marrying and having to let them go and find their own ways. That can be very difficult for some parents. What about those who are facing their first pregnancy? I, I actually love it, but it's a difficult time for some people. And the best person to speak to someone who's going through their first pregnancy is someone who's recently gone through it themselves and come out the other side okay. We have people who are not married, who have much to offer. We seem to think, praise God, I haven't heard this in this church. This is another slap up the side of the head if I do hear it. Um, if someone is single, that's something to be honoured as well. That's something to thank God for. And we have some wonderful single people in our congregations here who have plenty to offer to our younger generation and say, you know what, you won't ever be found complete in your boyfriend, in your girlfriend, in your wife, in your kids, you will only ever be truly complete in Christ. No one else. And trust me, if I am counselling someone, premarital counselling, and they believe they're going to be complete when they get married to their partner, man, do I spend some extra weeks with those people. Because it is simply not true. And they are going to be bitterly disappointed sometime down the track in their marriage. Not saying marriage is a bad thing. Praise God, I'm married. I have the most incredible wife who's not afraid to public speak and gets applause. But that's another story. But God's plan for us is to build each other up. And he wants us to build each other up in the faith. We need to make the decision to be mentors and that doesn't exclude you guys. We have this wealth of kids down in Kids Club who would love 
to be mentored and discipled by a big brother or sister. And it needs to be generational. Our young adults should be mentoring and discipling these guys. Praise God, we are discipling seven at the moment. Incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Young marriage should be discipling those who are going through the dating scene and things like that. We need to make that decision. We need to decide to do that together so that we will grow as a family of God and as a people of God. So why should we do this? It actually says it in the passage we've got. That the word of God may not be reviled. The greatest thing we can decide to do as a people of God is to build strong families here. And when we talk about building strong families here, we're talking about our church community. We're talking about what we can do. And when Charlotta spoke this morning, she spoke about something that's on our church bulletins each and every week and something that we should be reminded of. What's our purpose? What are we here for? This is what we say we're here for. This is what's printed on our bulletin every week. Did you know that? Passionate followers of Jesus are people who care for each other. And when we genuinely start caring for each other, we start wanting the best for each other. We'll be on our knees beside each other. We'll be earnestly praying for each other. And we'll be loving each other so much, getting each other's back so much, encouraging and supporting each other so much. The people out there are going to look in here and go, those people are just plumb weird. I want to be like that. And they will. I've seen it. And it's, we need to get there. We need to be more determined to grow each other up in the face. When our families don't guide us in the way that we should go with God and our church family steps in to help, we're truly transformed. I can testify to that. And we so desperately need more and more of it. People within our church will begin to understand that we genuinely do care for them. When we pursue them, we chase them up. And as we love on each other and build each other up, the community is going to see that. Do we want to be a people of God who's known for living out what the scripture says, for loving each other and caring for each other, just as scripture says? That's what I hope. That's what I want us to do. And I personally think it's time for us to step up. It's not a difficult thing. It's just a choice, a choice for us to do what God has called us to do. So tonight, very simple message, I know. But I hope that God's spoken to you. And again, you know, I always say, come forward, let's pray. There's no judgment, there's no persecution, there's none of that here. There's just encouragement. And I get so encouraged when people say, I really want to pray about this. And I know God does as well. I don't often mention God when I ask you to come forward to pray, but that's the main thing. That's about engaging with him and saying, Lord, I need more of you. And Lord, I've slipped up here. Lord, I can contribute. If that's you, please come forward for prayer tonight. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to encourage you. And perhaps if you're looking for a way to serve in the church, we can do that as well. We can look at potential. Let's just pray, then the team will come up. Father God, thank you for your presence with us this evening. Thank you for the miracle of being able to pull out a message at such short notice. And Lord, uh, I just pray that it has spoken to people's hearts. 
I pray that um, they will hear your voice in the midst of what has been said, Lord. And that we as a community will realize, Lord, that each and every one of us have something that we can contribute to those around us. That, Father, we can be those mothers and fathers, if that's what is needed, to those who are here this evening, Lord. That we can encourage and strengthen them in the faith. That, Lord, we can build each other up. And, Lord, when we build each other up, we make a difference here in this church community, which overflows to the community around us. So, Father, our prayer tonight is that you will take us and you will use us, that you will challenge us to draw closer to you. And that, Lord, if we need to do work with you, if we need to ask for your forgiveness, if we need to repent or if we need to recommit, that you'll bring us forward tonight, that we can encounter you and talk with you and set our lives aright afresh with you for this coming week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.